Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Lei, the VP of Engineering at Cora, and we discuss ways to evaluate and track developer velocity, why there's no substitute for experience when it comes to learning, and the benefits of quarterly hack weeks to drive collaboration and innovation. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Where are you? Where are you at right now? Uh, I am in this uh, conference room um, at Cora headquarters <laughs> in Mountain View. Very cool. Is it nice out today? It is. Um, the weather is really nice. It's you know quite hot, but usually when it's hot outside, the office is freezing. So um, the room where I'm at is like very comfortable um, and just the right temperature. So I feel good. Nice. Yeah. Here in Florida, it's, it rains like three times a day and it feels like a tropical island in the summer. I see. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So we, I just like came back from lunch and we ran in and it's raining. It just like randomly, it'll be sun shining and raining at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a typical tropical weather, you know, I, I'm kind of jealous of that. Uh, it never rains in the summer in California. So. No, it doesn't? No, California is like a it's, it's like a desert. It really only rains in the winter. And that, so that's when the trees get fed in the winter. Yes. Um, yeah. So in the summer, we usually have a drought condition. We've had a drought condition for like three years in a row or even longer. Yeah. Now, were you born there? No. Um, I was brought up um, in China. So I went to college in China and then I went to grad school in the U.S., uh, and then immigrated over after I got my PhD degree. Oh, where did you live in China? Uh, I, my hometown is in um, the Midwest of China. Um, I went to college in Beijing. Um, but if I tell you where in China I grew up, you probably wouldn't know it. So. Uh, my, sister, my sister lives in Shenzhen. Oh, she did? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Shenzhen is a big city. Mm-hmm. It's in the south. Yeah. Yeah. She, nice. She's been there. She, she went there four years. Uh, got some jobs, taught English mostly, came back, went back, and now she kind of bounces around everywhere, and she really likes it. She's lived in a couple different spots and uh, always, like, live streams and shows me, like, the outside on Skype and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Shenzhen is a cool city. So then you, you, you grew up in China, then you come over, you go to college, and then you just land at Quora, or did Quora not exist then? Uh... Quora didn't exist then. So, <laughs> so um, I came to US. I went to grad school at Northwestern University. I got my PhD there. Um, and then when I graduated, that was 2008. Um, so my first job was with Google. I spent a couple of years there. Um, that's my first job. Um, and then at Google, I started off as a software engineer. And then later I got into management. I managed and grow a few teams uh, with a different with different products. So I worked at ads. I worked at Google Plus, uh, the social network product by Google, uh, and then I also worked at Surge uh, for a short period of time. And then you know eventually, by that time I've been at Google for seven years. I really felt like I reached a ceiling, and 
my growth kind of became stagnant. Um, it just feels like I'm underutilized and I really needed to learn more and grow more. So I've decided to look for new opportunities and I joined Cora back then. So that was uh, about four years ago. And that was the right move? Definitely, absolutely. I feel like that's probably the best career move I've had <laughs> in so my you're career. growing a lot, you're learning a lot? Yes, yes. So yeah, do you want me to expand on that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, at Google, I, I think even though I worked at different teams, I, I feel like I had the most fun and I grew the most when I worked on Google+. Plus. I know that, you know, from a product point of view, that was never a really successful product. It really didn't pick up the user traction. Um, however, the team at Google was really strong. So they really put together the best people to work on work on this. It was a huge bat for them. Um, and so it was like a fast-moving startup within a huge company. So it, it's a really fresh feeling, like, you know, where we have a lot of agility, very experiments and data-driven, great culture, great people. I really enjoyed that. And then as the product started to go on the downfall, um, you know, there are like organizational changes. Uh, my team get moved into search, and that was a totally different culture and totally different feel. Um, I don't like that. So when I, when I decided to look for a new opportunity, I know for sure that I wanted to go to a smaller company, fast growing, and I wanted to work on a product that I feel proud of. So I chose Cora. So basically, I'm you know, really attracted by the mission um, and the company is still small. And, and you know, in all my time here, I really feel like I've, every couple of months I get to you know, wear a different hat and play a different role. So like the growth is constant. I never feel like I'm comfortable and I'm good at my job. It's always like I'm doing something new and I'm learning. And that feels great. Yeah, it's like you're competing against yourself to become better. Yes, yeah. So, so right now, uh, at at the organization, like what are what are you learning right now? Like, what's the current lesson that's on the top of your mind? Um, the current lesson, I I feel like you know, in a role like this, there are just constant struggles, a lot of things, um, a lot of challenges, a lot of things that I should be learning every day. Um, I I think probably right now the biggest lesson that I'm learning is on kind of the the importance of like building a strong leadership bench, um, being able to grow and hire great leaders for the company. I feel like that is probably the most important thing that I need to do on my role. And it's definitely not easy. Um, so in both ways, like you hiring like great leaders, experienced leaders and integrate them successfully in your culture is definitely a challenge you know, developing leaders and grow them is also challenging. So like this, these are the things that I'm constantly learning um, and trying to do better at. So, right, like, have you, we, I obsess about this, by the way. I don't know if you know this about, did you, do you know this about me or no? Uh, no, tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> so like <laughs> I, we have a leadership company for technologists. Like we just completely obsess about how to create better technology leaders. Mm -hmm. And so we work with companies and do that all the time. But I'm curious though, this might help you. Have you worked with the uh, learning and development function inside of Quora about this? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, learning so, you know what? I, I feel like a lot of that is, you know, when, when you're working in a place where there are some amount of structure support, right? 
it's it's not like there is no training right. no like no develop, development leadership development available at Cora but i i feel like in the end of the day the thing that really move the needle the thing that really gets the leader better is not by going to some classes that's my personal opinion yes, i mean I know, of that's course good. that's our marketing you know reading books um, or going to classes or you know going to seminars going to uh, meetups listening to podcasts like this they all help and these things build up over time it's not like you know one night is a complete sleepover at the same time i also feel like personally uh, what really gets a leader stronger is i like this energy of like throwing them into the water and <laughs> just force them to learn to swim i feel like just learning from doing it and give them you know big challenges give them opportunities to do new things and learn new things it tend to be the more effective way rather than teaching them you know, yes. this other manual, you know, I, I, I tend not to believe in that a hundred percent. Yes. And here's, here's exactly why. So mm -hmm. this, you're, you sound like our marketing material, by the way. Really good. <laughs> for, for action-based leadership development. And, he, and you made the exact point. If you read a book, there's 80 great things that you could do in that book, all sorts of insight and things you could apply. But what happens is it's not in a format where you do it. So you just read the book. You're like, okay, that's great. You forget mm -hmm. everything. You have this mm -hmm. false sense that you improve because you just spent a couple hours reading a book. You go back into your team. You've actually taken no action in the real human world and you haven't improved. So we started obsessing with like, how do we get people to take an action? Like, don't go to a workshop and learn about giving credit or learn about individual ownership. Actually go deploy the concept in your team, get dirty, get experience with it. And then now you'll remember that experience forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, usually I think what works for me is I read a book and I learn something about it. I was like, oh yeah, this sounds, you know, very reasonable and I will forget about it. And later on, when I get to experience a situation, that would start to resonate. I was like, oh, by the way, that thing that I learned before from that book actually makes sense. So I think it really, you have to connect, you know, theory with practice, right? So the action-based thing, yes. you just, you know, totally makes sense. Yeah, we figured out the formula for experience is knowledge mm -hmm. plus action. So you got to learn only enough to go take some action and then you gain experience. Mm-hmm. Agree. You would like, um, so one of the principles that I built this on that I uh, connect this with is my brother and my stepmom are both uh, phys physicians, doctors, right? Mm -hmm. And they, when they learn surgeries, what they, they have this very simple step where they watch, uh, they learn about it for a short period of time they watch someone do it and then they do it. And that's like mm -hmm. the process. You will learn a surgery in like an afternoon. It's like a very simple process. And now these are like high, avail high availability, like things that we like, there's lives in your hands. They're very complicated things, but the way you're learning it is super important because lives are at stake, right? Yes, totally. So I like your, I like, I like your style. I really do. <laughs> you're pretty cool. <laughs> cool. Thank you. So, so let's take it back uh, to when you were a kid. I'm curious, what was your first interaction with technology? Like, how did you fall in love with technology? Um, I think it's going to be really hard for me to tell you, you know, when I started falling in love with technology. I, I think as a kid, I've always been fascinated with science and technology. My childhood dream is to be an astronaut. 
obviously that did not come true. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not, not, not yet. Not, not yet. I still, I mean, I'm still young. I still have a chance. Um, but I remember I'm, um, I like problem solving. Like the, you know, I really like working on puzzles. I like assembling and fixing the small electronic devices, appliances at home. Um, at school, I'm always more interested and I did better with like science and technology classes. Um, and then in, when I went to college, I chose to work on electric engineering, which is more on the hardware side. Um, after graduation, I went to web school and then I started working on uh, and researching into computer engineering and then transitioned into software. So in my opinion, these are connected. Um, and I've always just been really, really fascinated about the, the technology, the, the, this whole domain as, you know, overall. So you were way more attracted to the software than the hardware at first? Oh, no. At first, I was, I mean, at first, when I went to college, to be completely honest, I don't really know exactly what's the difference, you know, software, <laughs> hardware. That was a long time ago. I just know that I wanted to work on engineering and, um, you know, electric, electric engineering back then was very cool. I worked on like signal processing, optical devices even. Um, and then, you know, I got, got exposed to what was so-called embedded systems. So this is, I think, in um, like 2002 or something. Like that's before all the mobile, like smartphones. Um, I remember, you know, working on um, design of like, a, a, they call personal digital assistant, PDA. Oh, yeah. It's like the early version of the iPad we would have this uh, little circuit board where we will be installing an operating system on it and we'll be developing some applications um, and then try to make the whole system software hardware work as a whole. And it was like really cool work. That's 20 years ago. Back then, like I, I don't think smartphone, like mobile devices is a thing, but you know, I got early exposure into building a device like that that could have a potential of changing the way people live their lives. So you know, that really got me into computer engineering. That's why um, I decided to do research into it. Oh, that's very cool. You know what? They actually kind of stuck around a little bit in the medical field. Like the people, oh, really? they went away in the business world, like really fast when smartphones came out. But I remember like the early Palm Pilots and the Windows and all those ones. Those are so cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. That's cool that yeah. you're working on that type of stuff. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, I, um, I really enjoyed doing that when I was in college. It was fun. So how, how do you, your engineering teams over there, how, how do you structure them? Do you structure them based on like product or like what's your, what's your methodology for structuring engineering teams? Oh, sure. The engineering team at Quora. So uh, we are right now around 120 people or so. Um, the way we structure the engineering team is by function, if I could call it, um, or by skill side, skill sets. So essentially uh, you would group people together by the kind of work they do. Um, and then we have four organizations at a high level. So there is at the foundational level, there is an infrastructure team that handles, you know, cloud computing, uh, network security, you know, database, storage, caching, all that stuff. And then on top of infrastructure, we have a team called platform. And really the mission of the team is uh, building developer tools to make developers job easier. So they will be building tools, abstractions, systems that kind of just improve uh, developer velocity. 
And then at the very top application layer, we have two teams, one of them focusing on machine learning and the other one focused on product engineering. So they would be building the core, uh, core product. And then they would be building on various features to improve user experience and make the product better, right? Um, it, that's directly user facing. I think that's the most articulate response to me asking that question I've ever gotten. So you win that award. Really? Yeah. I love the <laughs> way you that's, did it structure. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to talk a lot about that when I, you know, when I interview candidates, they will ask me like, hey, how are the teams structured? Um, and then I, I, I would dive down into some of the teams that are more interested in. Yes. But thank you. Yeah. I like how you describe the team that helps, you know, build internal products that help with developer velocity and you know, developer performance. Do you, do you track developer performance? Have you seen those new tools out? Like I've seen one called um, like Penpoint. Have you seen those types of tools? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, like there are definitely a lot of uh, open source and third party tools that we use at Core as well. We, we do build a lot of in-house um, systems and tools. You had two questions. One is like, how do I feel about those tools out there? And then the second question is how do, how do we, like there are metrics that can, how do we evaluate developer velocity, right? Did I get it right? No, you got it better yeah. than I said it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I mean, yes, so we do use a combination of like, you know, um, open source third-party tools. We also build a lot of in-house system. For example, as a company, Cora is heavily invested in machine learning technology. And um, in order for us to be able to iterate very fast using new machine learning models, ship new features, we also have to have very good tooling and platform support in order to plug and play, right? So if there is some new research that, you know, people in a university or in other companies are finding great results or then we would want to quickly experiment with them. But you want to have the system or the platform that enable you to do that very easily, that hook, hook things up with production. So our team would build that Google logic that enable you to use a model that Google develops um, and, you know, and then apply that to our problem set and run an experiment very quickly. So those are the tooling that are more specific to core needs and may not necessarily be supported by third party or open source. That's interesting. I'm gonna start asking other people, like other other tech leaders, if they're doing that or how much time they're putting into it. Cause that sounds like, it sounds, it sounds good and it sounds like it should be happening everywhere. <laughs> It should, you know, honestly, I think this is like a really good advantage, a big advantage for us because the fact that you can iterate quickly on technology that would really influence everything that has a huge impact. Now, coming down to your next, the second question, do you still want me to answer that? Yeah. Like, how do we track yeah. developer velocity? Um, I, you know, of course, like metrics, the Quora is in general a very data-driven, metrics-driven company. So we have a lot of metrics on the product, um, on people management as well. Um, we have metrics for engineering, like uh, reliability, availability, speed, performance, all of that. I would say that, uh, to be completely honest, developer velocity is one of the things that is the hardest to evaluate using the metric, right? So a lot of that is how people are failing, like um, how easy is it for them to do things. Now, there are some basic, you know, magic that we tend to look at just to get a sense of it. They're proxies, they're not perfect. But for instance, how, you know, how often and how long do people spend on reacting to 
pager duties, right? Oh. How often are they, you know, paged during on-call? Um, and how easy is it to recover from use, uh, recover from issues? Um, how fast is it to reco recover from a site downtime, right? Um, and then there are things also like the onboarding time. Like if you have the right amount of tooling and support, then it will be easier for someone to pick up things and then learn and be productive you know, when they join the company. So we have some rough metrics that we could use to measure, uh, but I wouldn't say that any of them is like really the magic, right? Yeah. None of them is like truly the magic. It's not as easy as uptime or reliability. The coolest, the coolest one I've seen, and I got kind of, I was talking with uh, Archana, who's the CIO at Atlassian, and they're actually mm -hmm. out in your area too. I'm sure you're familiar with them. And we were talking about Penpoint and some other ones. And I actually did a demo with this company because, you know, when a new, when a new whole category emerges and they start making all these claims about engineering performing management, I was like, you know, I, I should check it out. I should explore it just to see what I'll learn. And they're actually pretty fascinating. I won't like bore you with all the details about how they do it, but I think mm -hmm. that uh, it would at least be something you would, you should take a look at because I think two things would come of it. One, you would learn something to improve your internal tools, or two, you would uh, learn something and then probably help them, uh, you know, in that in that call by sharing like what your experience is, like with that whole yep. major duty thing. And I just say that because like I like to help the whole industry move forward, right? And when, mm -hmm. I, when I see that new category come out, I'm like, oh, that's it's it was growing really fast, and I I was just like, it takes a lot to impress me. I've been writing code for 17 years. It's like it takes it takes quite a bit to like get me excited about something, <laughs> and when I saw that and and watched what they had done and how they connect all these different dots to ultimately put a really solid metric on performance management, I was like super impressed. Mm -hmm. So I like to pass things along that I find that are good. That's very cool. You have to send me some reference links after this. Yeah, because then you'll like me. I like to look into it. <laughs> <laughs> if you pass good information along, then people are like, "Oh, I like that person," right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, there's definitely a lot of value to kind of like push the whole community forward, right? Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned the interviews. People ask you a lot about that in interviews. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for when you're bringing on people to your team? Oh, that's a quick question. Um, so, well, I, in any role, when we do, when we conduct interviews, it's usually several rounds, right? So you would be evaluating the candidate from different dimensions. Uh, of course, within engineering, uh, some of the most important dimensions are um, technical skills, right? Coding, uh, problem solving, like uh, when you're working with a database, uh, when you're working with the code base, um, just how, how skilled are you navigating through and solving like problems and debugging. So um, definitely a lot of technical interviews that cover those dimensions. The interviews that I usually conduct and the interviews that I usually value the most is the culture signal interview. So I'll be spending a lot of time just uh, trying to ask questions to the candidates and have a good sense of uh, how well they will fit in the core value. I mean, um, there's not really good and bad, it's really fit or not fit. Right. So we do at Quora, we do have a you know, really strong value system that is clearly articulated. There are certain traits that we're explicitly looking out from candidates. For instance, one of the things is like mission first. 
So I think this really distinguished you know people, right? So a lot of people that I work with at Google, like a huge company, um, I wouldn't say that they are like mission driven. I think a lot of them are career driven. Um, rightfully so, everybody care about their career, but um, it means differently when you apply that into a small, you know, startup company um, that is trying to succeed. So we really need to look for people who are here to make the company successful. And that means that you have to make trade-offs, maybe sacrifice your personal interests, uh, and that you have to be a really strong team player, right? So things like this, just, you know, just circling back to your question, um, I think the things that I usually spend the most time on and evaluate the most from candidates is their culture fit. And in general, kind of like, um, you know, in addition to how they fit into our culture, also some, you know, you know, norms, like, is this a reliable person? Um, so a lot of things on the soft skill side. And are you, are you local, remote? Like, how is, how is your engineering uh, spread out? Oh, yeah. So um, all of Cora is really in two buildings uh, that's right across the street uh, in downtown Mountain View in California. So we are completely local. We don't have a remote office yet. Um, although I think at the company scales and grows, um, I can see there is a tipping point where we would want to have a remote office. And, you know, in the end of the day, you have to go where the talents are. Yeah. And just that right now with our size and stage, um, and the product development is so tightly integrated and there's a lot of benefit for us to be all in the same place and then you can talk to each other face to face all the time. It just makes things so much easier. It does. It really does. There's mm -hmm. nothing can replace the in-person communication. Yeah. And what, so what is the mission at Cora? Oh, the mission is to share and grow the world's knowledge. Yeah. Are you are a Cora uh, user? Yes, I am. Yes, great, great. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, what I'm proud of that mission is Cora was founded like 10 years ago and uh, we've never changed our mission. We've always been marching through on that mission and we're making a lot of good progress on that. Um, today, I think Cora, in my opinion, is the number one uh, question and answer platform in the US. Uh, we're expanding internationally and we are already a lot of... Uh, international countries and um, languages so uh, a lot a lot of users around the world are using the product to share knowledge i love it yeah i don't think you can exist and not know what core is like because you come up for all the questions like you're half the questions i ask google it's a core result mm -hmm. so you have to yeah. be a user <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I've got to know the answer to this. It looks so good. And then you, you right. couple answers and then you just become a fan. You're like, okay, a couple times I actually just bypassed Google and just went to Quora. And I'm like, let's just ask the question there. Let's just search yeah. there. Yeah. 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 That's the goal too. I think eventually you would want people to kind of like, just think, think of Quora as the, uh, the destination to get their questions answered. A lot of people already use Quora like that. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes I, I also feel like it's not just as, as simple as I have a question that I want to get an answer for. Um, uh, myself and a lot of other users use Quora in a way that, that, you know, casually I'm just opening up the Quora, you know, app on my iPhone. And then I will be reading through lots of fascinating stuff that people are talking about. Like those are the questions that I wouldn't think of asking. But those are the questions that are really, really interesting. A lot of people are sharing really interesting 
thoughts and views. It's not just about, a, I think the human knowledge is different from an encyclopedia. It's not just facts. It's also about how people you know, react and feel and think about different situations um, and then they share their experiences. So that to me is something that I don't think any of the product out there can replace the value of Cara. Now, I fully agree. I've used it before for market research, for lack of a better term. I want to understand this problem. Is this problem existing? What are people saying about this? How are they currently solving it? Is there a gap there? And it actually helps because we'll have ideas and we can explore them uh, through asking the right questions, which is a super important thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. So as we wrap up here, I want to know, what are you most excited about today at Quora? Oh, today? Yeah. I have a great answer to that. Okay. <laughs> so this week happens to be a hack week for Cora. So internally, we call that the off-road. The idea is you could spend a week working on crazy ideas that has the potential to make the product better. Um, and then you would work on that in this week, build some prototype, um, you know, get some early ideas. And then eventually, after the end of this week, if you can prove that is, you know, is impactful. You can actually unroll it um, and then make this official project that will be launching to users. So, uh, you know, as I just walk around the conference room, I can see a lot of people kind of um, working on their Hack Week project. And nice thing about, you know, off-road is like you don't, because you're not working on your normal day-to-day -day job, you get to work with other people. So I see a lot of people forming teams and groups um, cross-functionally, like, you know, engineers working with designers and data scientists and, you know, and even maybe writer relationships, like everybody forming like new ideas. So this is really where I think uh, a lot of creativity is happening. Um, and this week is definitely one of the most exciting times uh, for Cora. And so that's the most exciting thing for me today. That is so cool. I love that you do that. Is this something that you do annually? Uh, we do that three times in a year. You do it three so, times a year. Yes, almost quarterly, except that uh, usually in, you know, in the last quarter, like the winter time because of the holiday, um, the, the, the quarter is already very short. So we tend not to do that um, that quarter. But otherwise, we do that every three months, basically. This is actually really cool. It sounds like it gets them engaged, something to look forward to, something unique and interesting. Yes, and I, I really think it is also helpful, kind of like the train the muscle of people um, to be creative and innovative because it's so easy to be lost in the day-to-day -day execution. And sometimes you really have to think outside of the box um, and to exercise your creativity. Um, we definitely hire the best people out there. Um, and then, you know, they, they can, when you give them the right motivation, and empower them they can they can do amazing things and i think off-road is one of the opportunities where they can show you how much potential they have yeah i love it i love your passion too and how you light up when you're talking about it it's like you are definitely the what you love in life is 100 aligned with what you're doing there and the work the work that you're doing i believe so yeah and that makes me happy me too it makes me happy too just like transitive <laughs> properties like it just makes me i'm just happy now too Thank you so much. Like we did it. We, we made a podcast. We did the first podcast for you. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> easy, right? It was fun, right? Yes, it is very fun. And you made it very easy for me too. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for the compliment. Thank you, Joe.
Thank you. Bye.